Today's show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. Get a 30-day free trial at www.gofreshbooks.com backslash gang. The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman. I'm Ben Haworth. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week we're going to be checking out Alien Covenant. How are you doing this week, Ben? Oh, I'm doing well. I uh, I finally played Tales from Borderlands, and yeah, that game's really good. Yeah. People are right. Yeah. That game is really, really well written. And makes, we, we just did, you and I just did D&D, and I think Borderlands yeah. would make a really good D&D game, because it reminds me a lot of yeah. D&D solutions. I think I'm leaning towards, because uh, I understand when people got beefed up about 4, and like, you know, more like people moving to like more like tactical with like kind of the board, and how this is taking it back to like true role-playing. I'm really enjoying role-playing. And Telltale, like you can learn so much from them, like as, on a game design level for like D and D. Like they, they do so much, this like true, just like true, true role playing stuff. <laughs> it it really does feel like a, a campaign where it's like you know you start out with like a whole like go here and do this thing. Oh no, bandits attack! And where yeah. are you gonna follow them? Or where are you gonna go? And like it, it reminded me a lot of a campaign in a, a good way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we're gonna start out our Alien Covenant, or I guess this is our Tales from. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we needed we need to do something sometime to review more video games. Um, just not with like. We'll I know. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I say that like I yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but first up, let's do uh, trailer corner, and you have something for us this week, uh, Oakjaw. Akja? Okja, which is just Akja, which is one of uh, two or three Netflix movies to premiere at Cannes, which maybe we can talk about the whole Cannes issue uh, as well. But uh, this is, more importantly, the latest film from Bong Joon-ho, right. who uh, is a director I really like. Uh, most recently did Snowpiercer, but has also done The Host, Mother, Memories of Murder, a really fantastic uh, South Korean director. And kind of the only South Korean director they all like in the early 2000s or 2010s came over and did American movies and then all of them went back except for <laughs> Bong Joon-ho stuck around here making American movies. Uh, this is a very odd film as to be expected from him. Yeah. It seems to be about a super pig and a girl who falls in love with said super pig and the evil corporation that created said super pig run by it seems to be a wonderfully scenery chewing Tilda Swinton who of course probably wants that damn super pig back. <laughs> I guess and I, I'm excited for it. It's 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 Bong Joon Ho is a weird guy because he's not like um, I'm blanking on the director's name and I feel bad. The, the director of Old Boy, um, uh, he tends to make Park, very Hitchcockian. Uh, Park, uh, yeah, Park Chan Wook. Park Chan Wook, yeah, yeah. Park Chan Wook tends to make very classic Hitchcockian thrillers, one way or another. Uh, where Bong just kind of goes wherever, <laughs> and sometimes it's a little bit out there. Um, I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I think the trailer particularly the music of of the mamas and the papas was a good choice because i always found them kind of creepy and so i thought it was kind of an effective uh trailer yeah. for that but i wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of a tonal mess but i'm hoping it's a good tonal mess not a bad I, I i agree I, i'm interested to see how he translates to netflix a little bit like I'm, I'm i'm very interested to see how that plays out also more so to that 
as well. I'm very curious to see. Um, I, I guess, like for me, like I'm kind of anti, like anti meat industry pieces. Um, I'm not saying that like the meat industry is great or anything along those lines. It's just like if you want to make me feel guilty about eating an animal, I'm not gonna be there for it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm all for like you know, like you know, treating animals kindly. But if you want me to feel guilty about not killing an animal i'm not i'm just like it's it's, it's like a bridge too far for me because i dude i just chopped up like half a pound of pancetta and made uh carbonara like <laughs> i can't right I can't no, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly considering uh uh as, as a backup career becoming a butcher so like i think we're both coming <laughs> yeah yeah i, I agree meat, i think uh yeah angle I, I, I guess I, I agree with you entirely. I think that this is a great looking, an interesting looking movie and an interesting experiment for Park Chan-wook. And I think it's also cool that Netflix has expanded to such a way that like it's involving like more outside directors and giving more outside directors opportunities within the United States. Yeah, that's what I'm excited for because that's what Amazon was sort of doing uh, at first. And now it feels like Netflix is starting to step up their game a little bit more with the, uh, the fact they're going to Cannes right now and they're trying to to wade in those features as someone made a good point uh trey parker matt stone were on bill simmons podcast and he had a good point that like when netflix originally started they were trying to do their their model style which is like people like this let's fund this and those movies kind of didn't work and now they're they're doing what a lot of other people do which is going to directors that have done hits in the past and going to sundance you know and i i think it's going to be very interesting to see how they they really change the game in that right now and uh, at Cannes right now, the controversy I'm talking about is Cannes just uh, announced that Netflix will have to show their movies theatrically in France to order to be shown at Cannes. And so now there's this whole thing that, you know. I mean, kind of fuck that. I, I guess, like, I've never. I understand. No, it's very pretentious for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess, like, a movie is a movie. And, like, one of the things, like, you know, I, I guess, like, it's the thing. It's like, oh, we didn't think it would make money as a movie. And there's some stuff that I totally agree with that doesn't make it a, a less good movie for that. Like, not to be offensive, but I'm, I'm like, Get Out is something that I could have easily imagined being, like, a Netflix original movie. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it right. did amazing in theaters. And I think that's the thing is, like, you know, that that's, you know, a lot of these, like, indie movies. I guess the the fear for Netflix a little bit is this: Do we stop taking chances on uh, indie movies, and does this kind of fill the space and drag it over, as opposed to you know augmenting the space? Right, and I think that's the thing we're going to be seeing interesting with Netflix in the future is you know they'll never tell us if these movies are success or failure because they don't have to, right. and that's how Netflix works. But it'll be interesting to see because. One wonders why they pay for like, you know, this looks like a $30 million movie. I know that Bright is like a $100 million movie and it's like, you wonder if it's enough to like keep people going around where like, I feel like the TV shows are really have yeah. been their bread and butter in the past. Yeah. Versus I think Amazon it- who are, who are more, um, uh, valuing the theatrical experience and having the, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll all show up on Amazon eventually, but they're going to have the six months classic, you know? theater run and yeah out and stuff yeah like that. i mean i guess my bit for it is just that like uh with like netflix shows it's like it's like it, amazon has such a weird subscriber base that i think it's it's like it's appreciation of movies and content is very much shifted from the norm uh so it's weird to see that netflix is shifting the norm i.e like you know we're gonna get a, another season of arrested development when the season that netflix put out was trash not not to be like offensive like i really i mean i mean you can disagree with i i like maybe you like really enjoyed it but i feel like you wouldn't disagree that the quality but it wasn't great either 
It wasn't yeah. great. And that's the thing is like, you know, it's one of these things where it's like, I feel like that's a kind of show that you totally binge and like a large portion of America did binge because of the history of that show. Um, and and clearly yeah. they're like, oh, we can make another one and people will binge it. And I think that the answer is maybe to them not, but it's, it's I think, I guess the thing is like Netflix is now beginning to be such a player to shift the movie style demographics and the movies that are released in Hollywood. And I think that's, uh, that's interesting because now I think that, you know, as Netflix shifts its own rating system, it starts to matter to like what kind of movies get produced in a small way right now. Totally. But go ahead. And, and, and you have this dual edged sword, which I think is when you interesting to hear different creative people talk about Netflix, like I said, in that, in that podcast, Trey Parker, Matt Stone are all on board with a Netflix model. They're like, great. Our movie, their view is our movie gets to be seen. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not going to die. If nobody wants to buy it, it's, it's out there. It's done. It's, it's everyone can watch yeah. it right now versus David Lynch who like got offered I think maybe even more money to bring Twin Peaks the show to uh the show reboot to uh to Netflix and he was like I don't want people to binge watch the show I want it to be a weekly thing um and Netflix is like no we have to do it to binge that's the only way we do these shows and so it it is a thing where you're gonna I'm very curious if Netflix is just a future and people just have to get used to it or we are going to go more towards the middle ground approach that Amazon's. Well, I think the thing for me is like there's then here's here's my big problem with Netflix right now. Uh, the biggest show coming out currently, even probably it's a bigger deal in Japan than I think Attack on Titan is. But uh, currently weekly coming out is Little Witch Academia, which in the original episode of Little Witch Academia uh, got, uh, you know, nominated for all sorts of animation awards. It's absolutely fantastic and unbelievable. It's just like an unbelievable level of animation from triggers the same guys that did Gurren Lagann and Kill a Kill. So it, it's changed and it's, it's changed kind of like the anime animation industry. It's it's this amazing show and Netflix got it as opposed to Crunchyroll or Funimation. And the problem with that, and I'm sure Netflix played more for it, but the problem with that is it's currently airing in Japan um, and we're not going to be able to see it outside of Pirates in the US until it's finished airing in japan and as somebody who does a uh like a like a fucking animation podcast that is the world's most fucking frustrating thing on earth to me (laughs) (laughs) like literally like all anyone can talk about right now and even the pirates on like reddit are like all they can talk about is little witch academia because they're pirating it and it's still this you know this this cultural thing that's happening right now uh and i can't legally be a part of it (laughs) like <laughs> and, I, and I'm just kind of like fuck you, you know. Like you know, I can't go on anime animania and talk about it because that 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 literally is proof that I went and pirated it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm just like, it's just it's just, that, and that's the kind of thing. It's like I don't think that the rest of the world is going to very quickly get into this theme. I feel like this Netflix has already changed this, but it's weird that they keep subscribing to the system. Uh, that in my mind doesn't work or it also just like doesn't drag out the the life of a show like you know we're going to be talking about- yeah that's the worst yeah. part for me is that you you know I'm very i enjoyed the mystery science theater 2000 revival but if you didn't watch all 14 episodes in a row like that all talk about the new show is dead in like two weeks yeah like it yeah versus like we could have been talking about it for a couple months exactly like game of thrones will go for like like we'll go for like seven fucking weeks and if it was a netflix thing we would talk about it for two weeks totally and and the leftovers similar where it's like you know if, if you have a show like the leftovers of breaking bad or 
Fargo where each episode has its own unique feel and stuff you know it feels better to like kind of process that one episode yeah and also like it's it's nice for these things to have like kind of their time and uh kind of their space you know like within the cultural zeitgeist like the like the fucking the red wedding and uh like those events wouldn't exist on netflix they just can't like you can't have a weekly episode explode like that and I think that's also like that's for the detriment of the show because like how many people came back to Game of Thrones d- for battle like a uh, battle of the bastards like that kind of thing where it's like you know a thing becomes a cultural event everyone's talking about it and people come back and give it a chance and get back into the show like it's just it just doesn't make the Netflix's release and binging thing has just never ever ever made sense to me. Um, and I binge anime all the time and I get it like having an availability service, but as a replacement service and the fact that they don't offer both at the same time just has never, ever, ever in any sense situation made sense to me. Okay. I think we've done yeah. a Netflix. Yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> we savage Netflix for the day. We, I mean, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, it's never enough for us. It's never enough. Like, I, that's what I think. I do feel like they offer and have changed the game for better. And that's the thing is, I feel like, especially with them bringing films like these that wouldn't exist right now, like, people are like, yeah, Netflix is great. Uh, I, I guess thing it's just still just to remember that there's like a perspective on the background of like they are now that they are con- in control a little bit of the film industry. It's important how they you know conduct themselves and totally. affect the industry. So yeah, okay. For you, the listeners of the Movie Gang Podcast, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to TryLootCrate.com backslash gang and enter promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is a service that uh, allows you to get uh, one box per month where it's uh, going to be any sort of like swag and tat and awesome uh, items that you're able to go and, uh, you know, again, it's like a monthly subscription service where they're going to send you a present once a month where you're able to uh, open it up and and uh, get surprised by the things that Loot Crate knows you like. And uh, let me looking up the uh, theme for this month. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so there's a mystery crate this month. Oh, hold on, hold on. That's the mystery crate. Yeah, this month it looks like we're going to be the theme of Spider-Man. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, to get your Loot Crate, go over to save 10% on any new subscription. Go to trylootcrate.com backslash gang. Again, that's trylootcrate.com backslash gang. Uh, and to save 10% on any new subscription, enter promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Uh, head on over there and help out the Movie Gang Podcast and the Tuscan Shed Media Network, and we really appreciate that. Uh, okay. Um, I feel like I did a much better read than last week, because last week I was like... <laughs> super out of it my parents my like parental in-laws were in town and i was just like not like there uh yeah so i I feel like i feel like i need to like apologize to loot crate and represent their business better so here you go (laughs) sorry loot crate (laughs) it really is a great service i i use it now and i have to admit i did really appreciate the guardians of the galaxy box last month that was super cool um yeah nice no it actually was cool i actually was cool um and katie katie got uh, like a little deadpool uh things she gets she gets some too and she's just like it's really cool because usually i ended up i can get like two of something out of the box that i like (laughs) because she doesn't uh again so this week we're going to be talking about alien covenant from director ridley scott uh the summary the crew of a colony ship bound for a remote planet discover a 
discover an uncharted paradise with a threat beyond their imagination and must attempt a harrowing escape. Man, that is a pared down summary. Uh, I, but I feel like any any summary is impossible because any attempted summar- summarization, summarization of this movie uh, pretty much leads to spoilers for either itself and uh, and uh, Prometheus. So you were saying, Ben, that you you're glad that we don't ha- we have a again a spoiler. Well, not spoiler free, but yeah, spoiler tastic is... podcast. I haven't listened to a spoiler, uh, spoiler phobic podcast yet about it. I'm curious to hear it because I don't know how you dance around this movie. I guess you can only talk in vague, uh, like highly vague theories about what it's trying to do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's go uh, ahead and get into this because I, I have no idea where your position on this movie is, and uh, you can ask me first. Though I, you know, we'll flip a coin. Oh boy. Um I guess I'll I'll wade my toe in there first and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I uh I guess the main initial reaction is uh I didn't know I'd missed Damon Lindelof. <laughs> I oh. thought this movie was terrible. I hated it. I really actively hated watching oh, most of God. this movie because oh. yeah, was, I mean, we might be on the same face but no, I, I always I, I, really I have to admit I like, was really worried because like I went with uh, my uh, stepdad who loved this movie and I just left that theater like I cannot argue with this man <laughs> like and Katie liked it too and I was just like the first time that I've gone to a movie theater and been like looking left and right and being like what is happening what is happening <laughs> I felt the same. I went on like you know, like a lot of critics I trust, and like they all gave it good reason. Like, what? Did I watch a different movie than everyone? Yeah, I think it's terrible. And I, and I and I, here and here's the here's the here's the my big beef. Too. First off, this movie. Uh, and and I was trying to talk to in chat last week to you, uh, but this needs a this needs a pretty fucking heavy. Uh, in my opinion, uh, and I'm not usually a fan at all of uh, trigger warnings, but uh, damn, this movie is violent. Very this movie Jesus this Christ. movie is by I mean, fo- Alien always has Alien movies always have threats of rape and 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 gore but I mean this movie's uh, ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's maybe like the like the thing is like I, I it's like watching somebody watch the original Aliens pick up on the cool subtext that exists within Aliens and then just fucking pull it up to 11 to an uncomfortable thing where the rape allegory is like so present to the point that the robot is raping somebody and you're just like what's happening <laughs> what is happening yeah. like god damn uh and and then like you have you don't have one but like i think like three or four chest bursting scenes uh through the movie yeah yeah the, uh, the alien incubation cycle has sped up considerably yeah, yeah they get a black goo and then while they're walking back shit starts popping out yeah. Of them. yeah which is which is the other thing too it's like i feel like the incubation cycle that like david has and like david like again so again there's a several characters in the movie uh as from the previous uh again this is super fucking confusing because if we i i feel like there's there's two there's a macro and a micro uh criticism that i have for this movie one is the overall existence of the aliens franchise at this point and the other one is the micro ac- ac- like accent of like how they went in this movie. One of the things is I could probably forgive somebody liking this movie for the fact that I do think it is successful at creating good tension. I don't because I think my big problem is like a for no reason they do not set up the characters at all. Correct. They yeah. just they literally wake up and James Franco 
who is in the movie for like on screen for a second is just burned alive and she's like oh, i'm sad i'm like who are you who is anybody why should i care about anybody and then uh the second is just like i i just i just found the, the again the gore just such a level of ridiculousness like how many times did we cut to that shot of the woman that bothered in the water? me so much is specifically her and i know why they did it uh, specifically because that it's a prosthetic. They built a prosthetic just for that shot, and then they just couldn't let it go. So it's a I good prosthetic, but they just yeah, but no, it's, pain, just it's really painful, and and they're just enjoying it. And the way that her scene is like the most like it's also like she's undressing right before she gets murdered, and then there's the shower oh, yeah, scene. So like there's so there's and then there's so much rogue sexuality in this movie tied in with like themes like unhealthy themes of that. And that's the thing. It's like yeah, in the first Alien, it was cool, but you know it was sort of subtextual there's no subtext here and it's all like out there it's like let's fucking chomp on this woman's neck and just murder her and i'm just like ah. <laughs> yeah and and like the yeah. yeah and then david the cyborg is you know they're going for kind of like a like a doc what is it uh dr moreau uh island type of deal where he's just been marooned and gotten yeah, definitely go ahead go ahead Definitely Dr. Moreau, and, and, and I mean, that's the secret thing about this movie is that David is really the protagonist. He's not, it's not Catherine Watterson, right. uh, like you think, right. and it's sort of David's, it is David's movie, and those scenes mostly work for me. Um, We'll get to when it got really bad, but that's <laughs> <I was laughs> at least like, an interesting- I love how the evil robot twin is just like, just so uncliched done at the end, you know? Like, it's just- they have a kung fu fight. He yeah, literally says there's been upgrades. It's like a robot kung fu <laughs> fight. Kung fu. And, and, and that was the thing. Like, He's like, like I, I, I was someone on board. Like, okay, there's the Promethean element. There's like the whole Cain and Abel element. Like, I get the, the religious metaphors are going for here. But then they had a kung fu fight, and it was all over. Like, I was like, well, there are any subtleties going? Yeah. What little there yeah. was. What did you think of the induction of like Elizabeth Shaw's entire timeline, given in backstory, and then the reveal being that? Literally everything we thought at the end of the last movie is like, what are you doing, you stupid bitch? And she gets killed exactly in the way you expect uh, being fulfilled. What do you think about that? Ah, it's ridiculous. I mean, again, it just it feels like I feel like Damon Lindelof and the other writers of Prometheus had an idea for the story. And then Ridley Scott took those ideas and just shaved them all off and made the alien movie he wanted to make. You know what I mean? I, I really do feel like. Uh, what little ideas they had for it were just gone because they were like, we're going to go find out why they made us, you know, why they wanted to kill us off. And then <laughs> David's like, nah, we just killed them all. <laughs> and then I turned Shaw into an alien queen and whatever. Yeah, I, I guess that is like, that is the the issue here is that there's and and this is kind of my bigger issue my macro issue with the series is that there's so many hands in the pot now and this is the bigger issue of kind of for like a lot of things happening now specifically with stuff like extended universes like x-men and stuff uh you can tell when story moments happen because there's two stories that need to be connected and we're going to have a story moment to connect them. And that happens a lot in this movie. And I fucking hate that. I hate it when I, as just a purveyor of the series can tell that something happened because it had to happen to make the story make sense. And then there's other moments in the movie where you're just like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, cause like, you know, there's something else has to happen in the next movie to get them to LV, you know, the first movie in the aliens franchise. Like, something has to happen right, to get an engineer that's... there. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Right. 
And I'm sure it's going to be like David's going to set it all up and it's like he's going to be behind the entire like he made the whole thing and he was there the whole time. He was secretly watching, you know, right. like it's going to always be David is fault for everything. Yeah. Uh, which just gets ludicrous at a certain point because I, I love the original Alien for a, a somewhat. I mean, maybe it's the wrong term, but it, but it has a Lovecraftianish element of a, a horror beyond imagining of, of we are just. Simple humans invading into this world with giant aliens that were killed by even crazier aliens. And we're just one witness to that. You know, that's why I always liked Alien. And now to, like, be like, well, it was Black Goo that David found. And he turned it into a xenomorph with his friend Elizabeth Shaw. And, like, it it just became so... Especially, and it's also so gruesome. Yeah, unnecessarily gruesome. It's like, you know, wasn't the point of... Again, this comes back. And and one of the things is that, like, you know, the original two good alien films... Okay, you know, we can talk about uh, Ventures, Alien 3, and and the fourth movie being kind of like... Yeah, it's it's nutty, you know. It's it's it might be good in like a nutty sense. Yeah. That's a the that's three a three is like just a misery porn, but it's kind of interesting misery porn. And then four is just just goofy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that's and that, I guess that's the thing is like we're we're like we're having this series has high tech reverence for a series that was literally every movie has a different, has a different tone. Um, and that's, and that's kind of the problem with here is cause alien, the original tone is the point is like, I, no one literally the whole series stands in defiance of the first movie because the point is that it is an alien. It is not a xenomorph. It's just yeah. this unknowable, <laughs> unplacable foe with a life cycle. That's so weird. That's a great point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Point. Yeah. It is alien. It it has no. It has no origin. Meaning. The point is that you don't know what it is. You don't know what motivates it, and it just fucking kills you. And you have no power and are totally helpless, uh, even despite your futuristic setting. You know, and that's like that's the that's the thing. You're trapped in the thing, and that's the whole alien. And then aliens took it in more of a schlocky direction, which was kind of cool, you know. Uh, but at the same time, like yeah, it, it it's just a remake of Alien with with power guns and and. And Colonel Marines, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's just like it's a, fine. A, a cheesy it's fine. B action movie. Yeah, yeah and, and and also for me, like you know, I really like Ripley in the first one, but I think in the second one is where you like get define the character of Ripley. And I think that's the thing is that unfortunately, totally, totally. I feel like a lot of the definitions of the series are defined in Aliens, as opposed to right. And that's the problem is that Prometheus, well, and that's always. Go ahead. That's go ahead. always going to be the problem is like the people who want to make Alien now only want to make. It like alien or make it like aliens you know what i mean like because the neil blomkamp script that got right that cut was clearly trying to be aliens because that's what blomkamp is about he's about mechs and guns and yeah, shooting and stuff yeah. like that and like which uh what well, really scott's more about this like you know mythology building which is exactly the least thing i want in my alien yeah. movies or at the very least i liked prometheus i didn't love prometheus and i want to point that out but like at the very least i found prometheus attempted to go to something interesting and at least had sort of a a concept that i found more fascinating this movie which just felt like yeah setting us up to this movie made me want to like watch ridley scott's version of bioshock infinite you know like at the end of bioshock infinite they basically are like i i am ken levine i've been making the same game for 20 years and this is like my thesis on me as a filmmaker i just want to be like there's always an alien ship and there's always a woman and there's always a robot (laughs) you know it's like the same beats to the point that it's it's when we get to uh, the inevitable airlock scene i'm just like oh my god 
We got here again somehow. Also, just like on a basic story beat, that ending scene on the ship is so terribly designed from my perspective. Uh, oh, it's like an epilogue. It's like a 25-minute epilogue. And it, it has nothing to do with the movie. And it's really bad because like, just like it just doesn't grasp the fear of the aliens because he's always on a monitor and he's always terrible for whatever reason they like it's like they cheaply animated him on the monitor because like you know when he's driving first off i think the alien is like from a design perspective in this one is very poorly done yeah uh, yeah totally and and it's actually only a hundred million dollar movie, which I know only, but you know, for movies. No, 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 that's, that's dirt. That's dirt cheap. No, no, that's specifically for like, you know, I guess like, you know, the expense of Prometheus, this is dirt cheap. Yeah, totally. And it kind of feels like it It kind of feels like a Jurassic park three. You know what I mean? Where it's just like a, a a quick dirty movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's like a big budget. Yeah, film. it's. I mean, th- but th- yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing is like this. It doesn't for me. It felt like they, there. It, it stinks of somebody like you know when when they make a new Marvel movie, like they got the formula figured out. They're trying to do this or that, or they're adding some element uh, to extend it. Whereas this stinks of somebody trying like not enjoying the box office performance of Prometheus and trying to figure out that okay, well we'll, ri- we'll bring Ridley Scott back and we'll let him do what he wants. We'll give him creative control and he just has to build on the original franchise. And that's thing is like it's such a shift in tone and 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 i'm sorry i do think this is better than prometheus um and i understand i totally respect your belief that prometheus is better to some extent i think prometheus is boring and this one is tense do you know what i mean I understand that. I guess I just I felt zero tension. I I, I just I, was I, I so think I, I think I got on the movie I, side I, I, through not, the movie. I, I got disgusted. I think the final scene does a lot to help this film for me. Uh, the trapped in a coffin, I think, is a pretty good. I mean, and and I like I had no shock. Yeah, it gets to a good. Yeah, go ahead. It gets to a good point, even though you know it's David, like from the fucking first time he walks on, because you know, they focus on his arm so much. It's like you know, I was reminded of the kiss kiss bang bang joke. Like, why would he show that shot of that guy? Like, he's not gonna come back. Um. Yeah. So even though the end was telegraphed a million miles away, I like the whole Wagner thing and him walking into his his creatures. He's gonna uh, go there, but I just found and the him entire regurgitating and keeping the aliens in his stomach. Like you know, I, like there's a lot, and that's that was effectively a creepy shot. Yeah, where you like kind of puked him yeah. up. Yeah, you know? and I think it's the thing is it, like it, the movie has its moments, and and as angry as it made it, I can respect that the Scott's still a, a master craftsman in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of what he was trying to do in this movie really annoyed me. No, and I think, like, I think especially the early scenes when they're pumping on, like, you know, I enjoy the same sort of thing with them kind of being on the ship, but a lot of it is just secondarily unnecessary. And that's the thing is, like, in his later experiences, I always find that he is weirdly edited. Like, he edits very weird now. Um, yeah. Like, and then not from like a yeah, macro, totally. like shot to shot, he's fine, but like scene to scene, like that's, that's where Ridley Scott in his old age has lost it to me is that from a scene to scene structuring element, like it's got none of that, like, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. My most infuriating point of Prometheus is like she has this crazy moment where she gets like a fucking alien ripped out of her body, and then she goes goes and meets Peter Whalen, and they don't talk about the fact that just happened like ten seconds ago. And you're like, like, yeah, what this scene should happen weeks later. What is happening? Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not like. Uh... It's it's not even like it it's not do it's so fucking weird frankly, um and and it's just 
I, I don't. I have to admit, I, like this this movie is broken in such a delectable format, and I understand. I understand why people like it because you know, and it, it ends on such a good beat. And I think that's the strength of this movie. It ends on for me what is a really, really, really good beat that brings a lot of the themes to a close and does flip the ending on you. Because I did expect. I, I'll say this: I expected it to be David, but at the same time, I expected her to succeed and kill him. Right, I didn't. Right. Ex- I think I just felt that. I, I think for me, I just felt he cared so little about Daniels, the the female character, that uh, I just knew that they were not gonna. He cared way too much about David. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he was. It's clear. So focused on David. There's no way we weren't gonna follow him around more in some form or fashion. Yeah, and I, and I think I agree. I think I agree with that from a concept because I mean, if you like, you can tell as a filmmaker, he's not focusing on her at all. Like he's not focusing on her in any way shape or form no, like, it, and, and there's and all of the stuff like a, around uh, her is so stupid like the nail and it's just like all these things and like building this life together and it's just like you she doesn't carry things in the same way that ripley did ripley had like a fuck it nature whereas like it's like she's trying to rediscover the you know the build it yourself nature of her husband which is just such a weird plot line to go on and makes her such a non-character yeah. Right, and the, that's the brilliant thing about Alien is is you don't discover who the protagonist is till halfway through, and then when you watch it later, you're like, oh, of course, that's why she survived. She's the smartest one from the beginning. Right, but, uh, right. That's sort of She's what also, I love about Alien. It starts yeah. off just like you kind of think you're going to follow the captain probably, but he dies halfway through, and then right. You're like, oh, Right. Of course, like she's the protagonist. The yeah, and I think I think that's it's it's like a really strong perspective from that point of view is that she is a strong woman and and like even though she's kind of the ball, she's busting everyone's balls in the beginning, but that's why she survives a horror movie. And that there's like that clever twist, and that's the yeah. thing is like <laughs> there's no clever characterization in this movie, and that's just the difference between this and Aliens no. for me is that there's not a cast that's cleverly characterized, and that's like the thing is like and 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 I think the worst example for me is how the like you know how the secondary captain who becomes captain after you know fucking franco's exit which is just hilarious <laughs> which i don't understand how that happened he just, just burns up literally like he's just gone like from the beginning like the first shot of him is and his they, last they shot, shot a... it's not good it's very cliche but they shot a prologue thing with like everyone talking oh i saw it i saw it's, it's, not, it's not it's not directed so it's, it's really weird it's like oh look at these people we're all friends and it's just sort of painful <laughs> yeah it's <sighs> yeah, it's directed by his son. Yeah, Luke, but, but then the secondary guy, the but then the secondary guy has this whole thing where, like, you know, he's like, "Oh, they don't trust me because I'm religious," and he gets like one line before the chestburster comes out of him. And it's just like it, there's no connective tissue between him and David. There's no connective tissue to that scene. There's no connective tissue to anything yeah. other than the fact that it's like you know, it's just kind of gross. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It's just kind of gross. That should be the tagline for the Kaylee Covenant. Yeah, it's just kind of. Well, I'm going to put that in the in the pod notes. It's just sort of gross. Don't go see it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, okay, okay, okay. Serious, serious conversation time. Do you rec? Uh, well, we'll get to we'll get to scores. And I guess an above, I guess a, an above a five is still a recommendation to go see it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Generally, that's sort of your 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 model you've put forth, and I think that's fair. Though sometimes you can maybe yeah I, dislike I, a movie I, personally and and think still that someone go see it. I don't. I I just I, I know people have liked it, but I I I can't in good conscience send people this because they might have a similarly angering experience yeah, for me. Yeah. And like a lot of people I've seen who like it give me a sort of I don't know, just found it fun. Like 
I don't know. There's nothing really to latch onto, and even if you like it, I don't know if you're okay, gonna maybe I maybe I put forward it. maybe an issue here is the misunderstanding of the Aliens franchise, perhaps. Like, if so. maybe like people are looking for a gore B movie, like it may fill that desire and need. But the DNA of this right. movie comes from I, a much, 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 much better series. Yes, totally, totally, yeah. and a certain level of ambition that is completely dropped. You know what I mean? Like exactly. A, exactly. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe that's I want more. I maybe just want a whole movie of Michael Fassbender making out with himself. Maybe that's just what I need. That was, more than that was so, I have to admit like, and, and I knew, I knew that like other people were going to like that. And I was just like, I mean, I'd lost it by that point. And I was like, I don't, enjoy this Michael Fassbender on Michael Fassbender tension, uh, I guess. And I guess like I did, I did enjoy the fact that Walter was good. Well, again, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And again, a good, that again, that was a good sequence. And there was like a, even if people laugh at the fingering line, uh, I did like the flute sequence for again, a great technical thing. I don't think I've seen a split screen dual performance done that cleverly where it's right. sort of, they interacted really well with each yeah. other. Um, and then, uh, secondly, uh, it was actually like you said. I like that Walter was a. They came with this interesting idea. Walter is David, but they've taken out all of like the humanity elements of him, where he is a uh, he is a more subservient robot, right? And that's interesting. There was something interesting about like the guy who has free. Well, will I think that's but the again that comes under a kung fu best, fight. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it ends in a kung fu fight, but I think that it works well because it, there's something like also dark about you know there's something also super dark about Walter that mirrors David. Do you know what I mean? Because you're right, expecting right. from the word go for him to turn Walter against them a little bit. Um, and I have to admit, there was disgusting sure. moments in that thing. Like the fingering line. That was unnecessary. Maybe that's just like a like a, like a a term that's very British that I was like not okay with. You know what I mean? That like I took different things. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I, I knew that sexual tension was implicit in the scene. Do you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Sure. And so when somebody says fingered, you know, I'll do the fingering, you know, you're just like, what's happening? Maybe it's maybe it's like a British term for like <laughs> recorders. I don't know. I've never I I don't know anyone that actually plays it's, a flute. It is. A, it is yeah, a, go ahead. I'm sure Sarah will correct us, but I believe it is a technical term for, you know, placing your fingers on an instrument. But yeah. uh, I think it's usually now used as a joke. You know what I mean? I don't think yeah. people generally for yeah exactly and i think that's the thing is in context of like i mean maybe it was uh it might be a technical term for it but if it's more british in nature of the terminology it may be drawing attention to the differences in the accents and you know and that that is a pretty good performance from michael fassbender i still think michael fassbender is heavily david a lot he's he's the best part of both prometheus and this it's just i I don't know i still think i still think he's heavily overrated as an actor i'm i'm sorry I might fight you on this. No, I just I, I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I think like the the level to which people ascribe him as being like, you know, Al Pacino and some stuff is just not not there. I don't know, man. Have you seen Shame? Shame's pretty I haven't great. seen Shame actually, so maybe that is. Maybe I'm missing maybe I'm missing like the can like the candid indie performance uh from his uh thing. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of him and Yeah, thing. I mean yeah, I was he only did can do so much as Magneto, but though I do like him as Magneto. Yeah. But, no, uh, I think he's. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's. I see like shame. Uh, or I'll give. It's one of those things. It's like I feel like you know somewhere in the X Men, there's this amazing casting director who's just screaming at her directors, "Do good things with my great casting." I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, Jesus. Christ. She's trying so hard. Have it pull off. <laughs> 
How they pulled off James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender in 2011 is like Jesus Christ. Good call, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, guys if you are... if you told me that James McAvoy was gonna be the professor, I would have laughed in your face. You know, like uh, I think James McAvoy would have laughed in your I face. Think he, I think I think he would. I think he would. Someone had to sell him on that, and and, it, and he's like now he's like intrinsically linked from that last shot of the last fucking X Men, which is also a terrible goddamn movie, and I don't know why. I keep seeing them. Anyways, <laughs> we're getting nice. off topic. It's let's go nice. ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get to scores. But before that, for you, the listeners of the Movie Gang podcast, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to try out their service. Uh, again, you can go to gofreshbooks.com where you can check out uh, the free trial service where you can check out FreshBooks, which is a cloud accounting software where you can go on and you can collate and correlate Ha ha ha! Your all your data and all your uh, your checking accounts. You can track all your accounts and all your valuables, and you can get uh, you know it really helps with tax returns and everything, and it really helps to keep your accounting in order. Uh, again, it's it's two thousand uh, it's two thousand seventeen. Like the way of the future is cloud accounting software where you can accessing it from anywhere and you can do anything, and you really just need to go out and go ahead and try out one of these services. FreshBooks for me is the best one. I use it for TSM and I personally love it. So you should go check it out. To try FreshBooks free for thirty days, just go to www.gofreshbooks.com and enter move the movie gang podcast in the how did you hear about us section or get a thirty day free thirty day free trial at www gofreshbooks.com backslash gang go check those out now alrighty Ben we're up uh, yeah I know this is I've been dreading this I actually don't know where I'm gonna score it but uh, and it's also bloody uh, it's also bloody terrible because there's only two of us and now we have to like <laughs> now we have to just yeah it's like we're, we're 50% yeah, of the no, score no, if, <laughs> yeah if somebody uh, somebody like really likes this movie they're gonna real hate us too <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's uh I'll be honest, I am definitely voting with a uh, a bit of a chip on my shoulder because I just had such a miserable time watching this movie. So this may be a King Arthur-ish situation for me. Oh, shit. Like, if we had this for you. Uh, but I'm going to give it a 3.5. I really, really did not like this movie. And I don't want to just give it credit for good production design and good visuals because, you know... I feel like I'm kind of tired of <laughs> justifying that. I feel like this is a movie that's a lot of squandered potential. It doesn't care about his characters. And the only one character it does care about it doesn't know how to use him until the end, which I do is interesting, but I don't even think it's like going to a place I actually really want to see, which is, you know, David was behind alien and aliens and all that. I'm sure is coming. Um, I'm just really, really tired of this franchise, even though I want to come back and see a good alien franchise. And I want, someone else to try i mean I, that's what i did like about the alien franchise it was like uh um mission impossible where everyone kind of got their take for better or worse you know and uh i don't think really scott really should be the one to helm this franchise anymore even though he made one of my favorite movies of all time alien uh in this franchise but uh it's a real real frustrating mess for me so that's why i give it a 3.5 yeah, this is one of those reasons i'm really scared for blade runner um but uh yeah i'm only 0.5 better than you just producing though you know different different directors yeah so, i know uh, i fear and, and it's also got the like the world's greatest cinematographer so what are you gonna do um it'll, yeah it'll, it's gonna look good it's gonna be, i mean yeah it's one of those things it's like it's going to be fucking gorgeous at like the least <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a 10 out of 10 visually yeah what are the words that are coming out of people's mouths we like we'll see we'll, we'll see when we get there but uh 
uh, yeah, I give it a four out of ten. Uh, I highly do not recommend you go see it. Uh, at the same time, I admit to, I, I mean, and I think this was, you know, your personal mileage may vary type of thing. Uh, I found it tense. Uh, I fucking hate scary movies, though. So I, I, I admittedly am not the best person to take scary movie advice because I just viscerally don't enjoy them. That's not how my, like, fear response works a little bit. I just don't take enjoyment from it. Uh, which is, I, you know, so I'm, I've never been like, I've never been somebody that I'm like, Oh, you should really take my opinion about scary movies. Same time. Like I think more so than anything, like I really enjoy silence of the lamb. Silence of the lamb is one of my favorite movies. So is alien. Like I take, I really enjoy psychological horror done right. And I think that's the thing is like, I can appreciate the master strokes of the horror genre. And I think that's the thing. This is no master stroke. This is not even good. It's really just like more of a, it's really, kind of bringing the Aliens franchise down into like the gory festival that's kind of taken over the horror franchise. And, you know, it's not like we're going to get one scary, really scary, you know, unbelievable chestburster scene. We're going to get three of them. Uh, and that's the thing. It's, 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 it's just done in such a way to do it. It still inherently has tension for me. And I think that's the thing is the ending scene. It ends on a very, very strong note for me, which I think is probably why it's getting such good reviews right now, in my opinion. But at the same time, I, you you know, I just I can't possibly recommend it to a person. So four. I also say if you like Alien versus Predator Requiem, you'll probably like this movie because it is a similar like just gore fest. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, this was and, and this is far for. gorier than Alien versus Predator Requiem. Like just like the schlocky gore yeah, movie is less gory than this movie. Yeah, because it's like almost weirdly realistic. Yeah, I don't know how to describe. It. Like, there's one real. The guy that came out of the guy's mouth was particularly like, oh, yeah, we were that was bad. bad. That yeah. was bad. Uh, that was that was super unnecessary. Okay, <laughs> maybe maybe that's a tag. <laughs> that's a, that's a good tagline for this podcast. This movie was super unnecessary. To its own series and otherwise. Okay, so that's a three point five and a four, which brings it up to exactly a three point seven five. Round up or in down? Round up or down, Ben? Which which do you want? Uh, let's go up. Ah, uh, fuck! Solidly. I don't know. Uh, fucking simple. I'm cool with your. I'm cool with your score. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, four <laughs> four out of ten. That's the movie gang podcast gives uh, Alien Covenant a four out of ten. Uh, thank God Katie wasn't here for this. Actually, uh, good God, I I. I I'll admit to this being the greatest movie disagreement I've had with my significant other period. Um, wow, wow. No, I fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I just, no, I, yeah. I, you know, my worst ever was, uh, was 12 years of slave. That was a tough one. Ooh. Yeah. Tough one that's, a, that's, that's, that's a, that's yeah. <laughs> a, <laughs> that's really too much yeah, yeah i was about to say that's not it's not great uh i i get that though i get like 12 years a slave can be kind of like uh pain porn sometimes right that was her issue she's like i know slavery was really terrible i don't want to have to like you know live through it and that's a whole different let's not let's not yeah I was, I'm, I'm, good. <laughs> I'm good i'm good i'm good like we don't that is not our job today on. and let's just stick to to this if you want to cut yeah. that out i'm free. good i'm good we'll see i don't care i don't care okay uh for the movie gang podcast this has been ben haworth thanks for listening guys go watch if you want to watch Alien, you know, just watch Alien. You know, that's like great. the kind of the thing for like every franchise. Just go watch Alien and Aliens, and 
you'll have a better time. Yeah. They're great movies. <laughs> yeah, they're still great. They still hold yeah. up. I've been your host, Jack Newman. If you want to head on over to chuskinshed.com, you can check out all our other great podcasts, including uh, Geek Space Nine, Animania, and coming back this uh, season, uh, A Feast for Bros. So go check out on all our other podcasts, and then head on over to tuskenshed.com backslash support us, where you can go and contribute to the Tuscan Shed Media Network in a myriad of ways. Then head on over to Facebook, Twitter, go to at uh, the backslash, uh, uh, okay, no, it's at the underscore movie underscore gang. Uh, go check that out on Twitter and uh, send us your questions, comments, and then head on over to Facebook at the movie gang where you can send us comments there as well. Let us know how what you think of uh, the Ben and Me personal podcast and see what you think. You're going to probably get some evergreen episodes of us in the future. Uh, but tell us uh, what you think and ways to improve and, uh, well, not really ways to improve. I don't really care. Uh, but you can, <laughs> but you can, you can certainly rage at us for anything. Uh, if you really like this series, tell us why. Okay. From everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, uh, thanks for listening. 